for the Indians. One run on, let's see, one hit. That's all we got. One goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. From the Gateway Lounge in Sioux Falls, it's Nobody's Listening Anyway. Here are your hosts, John Gaskins and Matt Zimmer. What was that? What was that last thing you were just watching there? Not telling. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, fine. Wow, we're right here. I feel like my wife, every time I even chuckle while holding my phone, what? What? What is it? What? 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 <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't leave me if out. To see it, I'll tell Don't you. leave me out on the fun. If it's uh, something I thought you'd be interested in, I'd share it with you. Wow, okay. How do you know if I'd be interested in it or not? I know you pretty well. Uh, okay, you think you know me pretty well. By the way... Uh, You're not very mysterious, John. Oh, um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, hey, say, it's uh, it's May, and we've had quite an impressive run of uh, above freezing degree days. As do you have a yeah. ni- do you have a nice can we, can we safely say winter is over? I don't know. Do you, do you have a do you have a nice fresh dousing of melted dog poop out there in the backyard? No, we uh, paid someone to come and clean it out. Oh, congr- one of those doggy do. What a great grubbers. idea! That sounds yeah. like a great investment. It's worth it. <laughs> I mean, that just sounds like a terrific practical way to spend your money. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It was Eighty dollars, I believe. <laughs> Okay, that sounds good. Well, you spent uh, how many days up there in Timberlake with the old Kraft family? You know, I was only there for about 36 hours because there aren't a lot of places to stay in Timberlake, as you might imagine. Population? 500. And what, Aberdeen's like the nearest city of any? There is no nearby city. I mean, it's... it's I don't mean this in a derogatory way. It is in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, like how far about, from Aberdeen? In ta- in, in, uh, about amusement. three hours from Aberdeen, three oh. hours from Pier, four hours from Watertown, oh three God. hours from Rapid City. Bismarck? <laughs> Bismarck is the closest city, I think. Someone told me Bismarck was like two hours away. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it seems like just from social media, you had a good time. Yeah. So it was quite the experience. You know, the first round was Thursday night, and the party was Friday. Um I decided to come up Thursday night in case he got drafted in the first round. It was unlikely, but it was possible. And uh, spent the night in a little hunting cabin in uh, in Timberlake on Thursday. There you go. Giving Zim the old mic stand there. And uh, and then, you know, hung out all day Friday. I just kind of followed him around, the fly on the wall sort of thing. And then uh, he got drafted about 9 o'clock Central Time, 9.30. So 8.30 time out there. And, you know, we got a bunch of photos and comments and posted a story. And I was like, you know what? I don't have a place to stay. I mean, I'm sure someone would have let me crash on their couch or something. Ryan Deal was up there, the wonderful sports writer from 605 Sports. He's from Timberlake originally. Oh. So he, I went out drinking with him Thursday night. And, but I just was like, you know what? I stay up late all the time anyway. I'm an insomniac. I drove home. Uh, at I got home at 3 o'clock in the morning on Friday night after the draft because I had – abstained from alcohol all day in case I did have to drive, and that proved to be a wise decision. What a responsible young man you are. Well, it would have been fun to stick around. I mean, you could tell the party was just getting started after he got drafted. That would have been difficult. There was an endless supply of beer and alcohol and food, and um, it was a blast. They know how to throw a party, and uh, I cannot thank the entire Kraft family enough for their hospitality. His mother, Tasha, his brothers, Tanner and Cody... 
um, his uncle Jake, who now runs the airport out there where his late father used to work, and countless other people I met and, you know, uh, got to spend some time with and chat with. It was a, a, a really fun time, despite the fact that I said, like I said, I was in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, but, and just, you know, to, to witness that, a 22-year-old kid from Timberlake, this rinky-dink little town, to be sitting right there when he got the phone call from the Green Bay Packers, um, telling him, yeah, you're, you're in the NFL, we're drafting you. That was, that was a pretty amazing moment. I bet. So, I, I got to backtrack. So, did you, so where did you sleep the night before you drove home? In a hunting cabin in Timberlake. In a hunting cabin in Timberland. Yeah, they had this little, like, five cabins that, uh, it was really nice. Small. Yeah. yeah. But this nice, cozy little place. It's like 80 bucks like a, a night. Like you an know? Airbnb of some sort? Or no, it's, it's like a little cabin, okay. you know. Yeah. For, it's for hunters. That's because, yeah. you know, it's a hunting area yeah. up there. His mom was in one of the cabins next to me because she lives a little off out of town. And Quentin Hicks, one of SDSU, or one of Tucker's teammates at SDSU, was in the cabin on the other side of me. But I think they were there for both nights. I could only get mine for Thursday. So that's why. I w- if ah, I could have got it for both nights, I would have stayed. Got but it. I could only get it for Thursday night. Got it, got it, got it. By the way, I feel like we're at the at the point now in this podcast where we don't, you know, five minutes and we don't need to go. Tucker Kraft was drafted this number by the yeah, Green Bay knows. Packers. That's mm-hmm. what we're talking about here. Um, and, uh, and, you know, you've written about it. People generally know what happened. And I do want to get more thoughts. But I just, it's... Uh, the social aspect of all of this, first of all, the, the fact that no matter what it is, if you even know the people kind of, and everybody, it's an endless supply of alcohol and people are partying, that's, I mean, for me, that'd be, I'm not saying it'd be impossible, it, it'd just be difficult. I'd want to partake, but I would also, I've, I'm very well versed in a lot of our social life. My husband and I revolves around Sioux Falls. We got to drive home a lot and mm-hmm. uh, you can, you know, a couple or three at the most and you got to drive. But, but also just the whole, you're the reporter and you're there to do a job, but they invited you, but you're around them, so you're like, you're a guest, but and you're kind of a friend, but not a, you know, not a part of the quote-unquote family. Mm-hmm. What was that all like to navigate? Um, because I know you were spending some time just hanging out. You had the picture of him working out in his garage. Yeah. When I saw him Thursday, or Friday morning, I didn't necessarily have a plan, and he had said he was maybe going to go work out at the school, the high school. Yeah. And I was like, can I come just to, you know, maybe get some photos, just some, some sort of background? And he was like, yeah, I suppose. Well, then I saw him outside the cabin Friday morning so he was going to pick up Quentin. And I said, you heading over to school now? And he said, no, nah, I don't think I'm going to go over to school. I said, oh, what are you going to do? He's like, go over to my house. And I was kind of like, oh, do I just invite myself over to your house, you know? like. And so I just said, mind if I follow you? Yeah. And he was like, all right. You know, so I just followed him around all day. And I followed him over to his brother's house which was the house they grew up in. Yeah. And uh, people saw the picture probably on Twitter of the garage, which is like a makeshift gym. Um, pretty cool setup. Yeah. You know, they've yeah, got really cool. some serious gear in there and all the, you know, deer and pheasants on the wall and the beer signs. I mean, it's your yep. perfect man cave, sort of, if you live in the Dakotas. I'm sure I wasn't the yeah. only one that subtweeted and commented, that garage equals my house. You know, it, it, I mean, it looked big and gaudy. It wasn't but you, fancy, but, you ex- but it was but it was, big. it was big and, yeah. and well-furnished. Yeah. He had a jugs machine in there that I guess his mom bought him a year or so ago. Wow. Um, and yeah, the, all the weights, and him and Quentin got after it. I mean, they were sweating their butts off by the time they got done. Yeah. And then uh, they went back to the house. Well, part of went, your job and livelihood is being in good shape and being strong. Right, and right. You're in, and you're in the middle of nowhere But, like I mean, that. It, it just it was kind of funny to me that he's getting drafted today, you know, yeah. and he's in there 
working out. And uh, so then they went and took a shower and were like, what are you going to do now? We're going to go shoot some guns. All right. <laughs> you know, I mean, I had nothing to do. The draft wasn't until 6 o'clock. Yeah, it was I like know. 10 in the morning. You know, go read a book, I guess. Yeah. So uh, we went out to the shooting range. And again, did they invite you or did you kind of? I just, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They definitely yeah. they tried to get me to shoot. And I probably should have because, I mean, I own a gun. It's not like I've never gone hunting before, but I was just too busy, like kind of to answer your question, doing my job, you know, taking pictures, talking to people. It's like, Kim, you want to shoot one? You want to shoot one? Nah, nah, I'm all right. And uh, so got some really cool photos and videos of that. And uh, yeah, then from there we pretty much went headed over headed over to uh, the airfield, which is where the party was, and that was when I got a chance to visit with Tucker, uh, you know, on the record, get some some further. Not that I haven't you know talked to him ad nauseum about this stuff over the last year, but kind of get one last my idea in going there. Because um, to be clear, uh, the family invited me. I I didn't say, hey, can I come up to Timberlake? I got a message from Tasha, his mother. Uh, last week saying we'd like to invite you to our party and, and as much as driving up to Timberlake it was about a five and a half hour drive it was worth it you don't say no to an invitation like that and uh, so my goal going out there was to kind of I want to do a the Tucker Craft origin story you know that kind of uh, dig pretty deep into his background and I don't want to give away too much of the story because I'm working on it at the moment but um, his dad died when he was 12 years old in a plane crash and I only had a, a, a thumbnail sketch of, of Doug Kraft, what kind of guy he was. I knew he had been a really good football player. That's about all I really knew. He got a tryout for the Dolphins coming out of Huron University. you got to be quite a stud if someone in the NFL notices you playing at Huron University. It doesn't even exist anymore. Right, right. Just An took AI the out of my mouth. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it quickly became apparent that uh, Doug's football career is just a tiny, tiny, tiny piece of what made him who he was. I mean, you make cracks about, you know, the world's most interesting man kind of thing. Like, Doug Kraft seemed like he was that kind of guy. So uh, to get a chance to talk to Tucker and his brothers and some of his family just about what it was like growing up in Timberlake and then what it was like having to rebound from some personal tragedy, you know, and, and how that has colored Tucker's life going forward and the obvious sort of, I don't want to say that it cast a shadow over the weekend because it didn't. It was a very joyful fun happy weekend but you couldn't help but think the whole time like it's too bad he wasn't here to see this you know think how proud he would have been to see his son getting drafted in by the green bay packers so um i'm uh, putting a little pressure on myself to make this story a good one because it's a it's a pretty compelling story and like i said i'm just really really thankful that they let me come up there so I can tell it. Well, fortunately, it sounds like the kind of story that writes itself. You know what I mean? To some degree. I I understand. This is partly what I do for a living as well now. It's twice a week I'm telling stories, quote unquote. And it's when you feel like you've got a gem, there's part of it that feels like you don't want to screw it up. And there's also a bunch of different directions you could could go with it. Mm -hmm. Start, middle, end, uh, what Mm -hmm. to include, what not. Mm -hmm. But again, I, I, I don't, you know. I think I think it'll be fine. It sounds like you've got the makings for. They were all very candid. Um, there certainly was not. I didn't have any compelling quotes. Help. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and th- I, th- I think they kind of understood those questions were coming. You know, I didn't drive all that way to, to say, "Oh, so you think Tucker's a pretty good tight end?" You know, I mean, we've kind of covered that at this point. So. Yeah. Um, but like I said, just a, a really fun weekend. Uh, you know. I'm sure people go, of course you're going to say this, but I couldn't be more impressed with the Kraft family, what awesome people they were, yeah. uh, how Seemed friendly like- they were, and, you know, the 
all the cliches, you know, the kind of people who give you a shirt off their back kind of, um, I had fun. You know, they didn't treat me like, oh, you're a reporter. Be careful around that guy. You know, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so with that, <clears throat> with that being said, he, no one really thought he was going to be a first round guy. So did they even really have a setup for Thursday night? They did not. They, yeah. well, they were there. Um, I got there Thursday night and met up with Ryan Deal. He actually kind of pulled me over. I was driving around. Did you know he was going to come to cover this as well? I didn't know he was from Timberlake. Yeah. I figured he might be there because I knew Ryan had covered some of Tucker's career earlier. Um, But I'm literally driving around Timberlake, which is kind of like saying you're driving around campus. I mean, it's a tiny, tiny town. And all of a sudden there's this car behind me that's like flashing its lights. And I'm like, some fucking townie's trying to like hassle me or something. Like I was just ignoring this car, hoping it would leave me alone. Finally pulls up next to me, rolls the window down. It's Ryan Deal. Like, Zimmer, what are you doing here? Like, oh, hey. And uh, I had been intending to go down to this bar to watch the first round of the draft because I, in driving around, I saw this one corner bar. I was like, going to say, one bar in Timberlake? It said, like, Rock and Roll Bar or something yeah. it was called. What was it what, the only bar? Or was there It's a- closed. Oh. So I walked up, and Ryan's like, yeah, it's closed. And I was like, oh. And then he says to me, I swear to God, this is what Ryan says to me. He goes, you want to go downtown? I'm like, downtown? Are we there? <laughs> yeah. And he goes, no. There's one gas station in Timberlake that... Like, you can actually get gas there with a credit card, which in small towns like that, oh, kind of yeah, sketchy. Yeah. And there's a little convenience store in there. And then, like, behind that, there's a bar that just has, like, a backdoor entrance. There's no sign for it. You would not know it was there if you didn't live there. And Ryan takes me in there. And he doesn't live in Timberlake anymore. I think he lives in Mitchell. Um, but everyone knew him when he walked in. You know, he walked in like Norm walking into Cheers <laughs> and uh, introduced <laughs> me to everybody. They couldn't have been nicer. We sat there, and we tied one on pretty good. And uh, before we were all, all the ways into it, the first round was about halfway in. And like you said, I didn't think Tucker was going to get drafted, but it wasn't completely out of the question, yeah. you know, if some team really loved him or those tight ends started flying off the board really quick, which they did not, it turned out. So I texted Tasha, Tucker's mom, and said, hey, are you guys watching the first round somewhere? Because if you are, I'd like to stop by. She goes, yeah, we're at the airport. Come on by. Oh. I'm like, oh, that's where the party's going. I said, that's perfect, because then I'll get to find out where this place is going to be or whatever. So I said to Ryan, you know where the airport let's, let's go. He's like, yeah, okay. So we drove down there, and Tucker and just his immediate family were there. Had Already had the draft on the big screens. Had, had We're getting the tables set up for the party that was going to be the following night. And so we sat there and watched the whole first round. I said to Tucker, I go, you never know. He might get taken tonight. He's like, I'm not getting taken tonight. I mean, he still watched it, but you know, I think he was more curious to see what other tight ends might go. Mm. And only one got taken in the first. So then coming back Friday, you could kind of tell all day Friday that part of the reason he was staying busy, you know, lifting weights, shooting guns, it seemed a little bit like he was trying to keep his keep himself occupied. So he yeah. wasn't just stressing out about it. I asked him a couple times during the day, you nervous? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm a little nervous. I'm not like, you know, on pins and needles, but I'm so hard try not to think about it. Well, then we get to the party. Everyone starts showing up. We turn it on. And we kind of realize, hey, second round, he's been projected second round. Like, we got to pay attention. And the second round starts going. Tight ends start flying off the board. Once a couple tight ends got off the board, that's when you could literally sort of see the whole Kraft family sort of sit up. Like, okay, this could be any minute. Well, then the second round, the entire second round came and went and he didn't get picked. Uh, Every time a tight end was picked, Tucker and his family clapped. He seems to know many of them if not most of them from workouts and you know the the combine and that kind of thing seemed like he was a big fan of all of them 
Uh, privately, he told me with a couple guys, like, yeah, I think I'm better than that guy, but he's a good player, good dude, you know, no hard feelings. Well, then it gets into the third round, and you can sense in the room that some people are getting a little like, geez, when's he going to get picked? When's he going to get picked? And I was sitting right there with him, and I didn't talk to him very much, but when I did, I made sure it wasn't about, so when do you, you know, I was kind of trying to change the subject or whatever, and people started coming up and uh, saying things to him, and I think it was annoying him. Someone kept whistling every time the person walked up to the podium to announce the pick. Like, well, gotta be quiet in case it's Tucker. That person didn't realize he's gonna get a phone call before they announce it on TV, so you don't need to do that. And after a while, Tucker actually said, like, someone tell that guy to stop fucking whistling. It's pissing me off. (laughs) Uh, And so Tasha went over and was like, could you please stop doing that? He'll get a phone call when his pick is coming up. I don't know if you saw it, I got it wrong at first when he got picked. I tweeted, Tucker got drafted by the Rams. And I'll tell you how that happened. The Patriots are on the clock. And the Rams are after the Patriots and then the Packers. Well, the Patriots were still on the clock. They had not announced their pick yet. And the, tuck, and the phone rings for Tucker. So you're thinking, okay, if the, if the Patriots are on the clock, they haven't even announced their pick yet, then the Rams are the team calling, right? And I heard Tucker say something like, yeah, I can't wait to play for... Turns out he said uh, green and yellow. I... Just heard yellow. I was like, yeah, Rams. He got picked by the Rams. Then immediately, and I said to his brother, like, what do you got picked by? And we were like, yeah, it must be the Rams because the Packers are already taking a tight end earlier in the second round. Like, it can't be the Packers. Well, yeah, it was the Packers. So quickly deleted that tweet, got it figured out. But I would say he got picked right before it started to get a little awkward. You could see that Tucker was starting to get a little bit. And he, as he, I'm not giving away any secrets because he admitted this in his media thing like he'd been had he'd had a couple drinks so that was adding to his nervousness a little bit he told the Packers was like yeah I had a couple drinks waiting for waiting to hear my name called um good so, for him oh absolutely good and, for uh, him yeah no he wasn't trying to pretend to be anyone but Tucker Craft yeah yeah and uh and I was talking to his mom after he was had been picked and he was on the phone with the Packers I said to his mom I said look like he got picked right before he was starting to get a little ornery and she said yep I think he was about five picks away from starting to be like all right, what's going on? And I was looking right at him when his phone rang, and you could see before he even answered it, sort of a little bit of a weight come off his shoulders. And when he answered the, f- he he had a microphone with him because you know there's a speaker there with everyone, and he tells everyone be quiet. My phone's ringing because everyone's just talking, partying. Oh, he had a microphone. He would just get on it. Then well, it was basically for that specific reason, yeah. so he could tell everyone to be quiet, so he could field ah. the phone call. And it was the Packers saying, "You're our guy," and. He became, as you saw the video, got very emotional and thanked them for making a small-town boy's dream come true. His mom was right there. His fiance Bailey, was there. It, was the most, it, was, it looked just like every other scene of that you've seen watching the draft on TV. And I think for everyone there to see it, and again, the circumstances being in that building, the whole town there, it was just a really cool moment. And so, but that was it. Was this was this the second call he got from them? Because no. you were talking about the Rams confusion. No, he was on the phone for like 20 minutes. Oh yeah, they call him and he's on the phone because I think they're handing the phone to different people. Ah. And uh, so when he first got the phone call, to when you saw him watching the TV when they announced it, like he was on the phone that entire time. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so that so then after so it was after quite a while of those conversations, he then told everybody to shut up or did everybody no, have to no. shut up? When everybody the phone had to rang, sh- he told them to be okay. Quiet. So yeah. the, was so was the whole room kind of silent while he was talking for twenty minutes? Uh, oh no, no, just for just for a few seconds while he answered the phone. Okay. And then he was still on the phone when the Packers were on the clock on TV. 
Yeah. And so then when obviously it's not Goodell for the third round, but when whoever announced the pick, yeah. the place went nuts. Yeah. Uh, and then people just kind of went on with talking and making okay. noise and celebrating. But had they, but had they he left the room. He went outside to because he couldn't hear because people were. But partying. but did he? But did the whole room know before the pick went on TV that the Packers had taken? No, him? they knew he'd been picked. They didn't know who it was. Okay. Because okay. he wasn't telling anyone. He was talking on the phone. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got so it. They, they, they knew when he was on the phone, somebody picked him, and people were trying to figure it out. His fiance was kind of whispering to people, it's the Packers, it's the Packers. Okay. So it was kind of making its way around the room, but okay. we didn't get that full announcement. But yeah, you know, but he was yeah. still on the phone when the announcement was being made, yeah. so everybody so everybody reacted still to the announcement yes. on TV. Yes. Okay, got it. It's well it's an interesting to it's interesting to hear how that all kind of goes. That uh-huh. I had never known that that those phone calls last 20 minutes. I've understood that uh, potentially you're going to talk to a bunch of different people, but not that many and not for that long before you even hear I could your, be wrong, but I don't think call. he ever hung up the phone. I I yeah. left without talking to him. He was still on the phone when I left. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and this is now, of course, they're just all thrilled because they they love him and the, the, like it's the NFL. You know, he's a once in a, I mean, less than a one percent part of the population of, that plays football that actually go, obviously gets to play at the highest level and, and gets drafted there. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong. He he is, and there was probably a room full. Of Vikings fans, yeah, is that correct? Yes, yeah. His parents are both. Do you see any? Was there any Vikings? Vikings were there any Vikings regalia in the yeah, place? Yeah, a lot all? of people because um, he's got a big family, and like any big family, there's a wide spectrum of you know personalities and whatnot. Some of his family barely pays attention to sports. You know, they're kind of like, oh, I guess I got to follow football now because our nephew's playing for the Packers. And then other members of the family, friends, were huge football fans. So there were people that just showed up wearing jerseys of whatever team. <laughs> you know, there was a guy in a Bears jersey. There was a guy in a Packers shirt. Yay, you know? sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there yeah. were people in Vikings gear. There was one guy wearing a Montana Grizzlies T-shirt. I was like, what are you doing? That's an FCS <laughs> team. You shouldn't be allowed in here wearing that. But who knows? Maybe it was a close relative and I'm an asshole for saying that. Uh, you were that, kind but. of close to Montana. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's all this different stuff. And his stepdad, Guthrie is his name, uh, I talked to him a lot while I was there. And I just kind of mentioned in passing that I was a Vikings fan. And Guthrie's like, yep, I'm cursed too. Uh, you know? and, and so we, were, we had been talking about, like, what are they going to do with Kirk Cousins and who we think we're going to take in the draft. And then after Tucker got picked, I came up and go, I, go, I guess you don't give a shit about that anymore, huh? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. a Packers fan now. Like yeah. that's that's kind of weird. But that's an interesting conversion to have to make. Yeah, Tucker himself, and this is you'll find this is the case with a lot of elite athletes. Don't really have a favorite team. You know, I think once you recognize I'm going to play at that level or I have a chance to play at that level, you're more of a fan of individual players or you know certain. You, you just watch the game from a little bit more of an analytical standpoint. Um, I had asked Tucker, is there anyone you don't want to play for? He's like, not really, you know. He had he did make it sound like he would rather be somewhere a little bit more rural than urban. I mean, that's not really a thing because you have to be a big city to have an NFL team. Mm-hmm. But he meant like I'd like to live, go somewhere where I can get a house a little bit outside of the city, you know, and you know have a yard and that kind of thing. And uh, Green Bay would seem to be perfect oh, for something gosh. like that. So, of course, yeah. That, that that always fascinates me when I watch these things. And uh, as time goes along, especially since I don't have a daily sports talk show or, or coverage to worry about, I just decided this time. For, uh, some years I don't watch the draft, uh, and some some years I watch just the first round, and that's. I mean, I I, I rarely go beyond that. 
Usually I'll tune in just because like, I got nothing better to do. What the fuck? You know, mm-hmm. I, I usually watch almost all of it. All of it. I really like, do. All the time. Yeah. Uh, I didn't this year because I was uh, driving after Tucker got drafted, and then I didn't yeah. watch any of the third day because I knew no one locally was going to get drafted the third day. Usually someone around here is third yeah. day, maybe sixth, seventh round. That's true. I knew once Tucker was off the board, that was it. That's why. Is, it, is, that, is that why you usually watch? Yeah. Or, okay. That's yeah. not just because you're genuinely interested. I mean, in a lot of times team. I'll just like put it on yeah. while I'm doing I'll something another. else. I'll have another. Because that third day is a Saturday. You Budweiser there? Uh, I'm okay. Okay. Uh, that third day is a Saturday. So a lot of times I'll just have it on while I'm, you know, doing housework or yeah. mowing the lawn or playing with Arthur or whatever. So it's always on usually. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, anyway, my, my personal preference has gravitated towards that ABC broadcast because it is kind of more tailored, for lack of a better word, the moms and the grandmas. Because what the, their angle of approach is, they will give you. They they got Todd McShay there, and he'll talk. You know, and once a pick is made, he'll analyze. Do the breakdown. This, yeah. After that, though, it's all kind of like the backstory. Yep. And let's and a lot of the backstory is the same. And I don't need to rattle off all the common traits of these guys because uh, a lot of people are listening who watch these things. But I still think it's interesting, it's compelling, it's more human than just, okay, the, the Mel Kuyper's opinion, then this guy's opinion, then this guy's opinion. Mm-hmm. And, and, and does this make this team an instant contender in their division anymore? Blah, 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 blah. I mean, there's part of me that was tempted because that is, you know, for the for actual football's sake, maybe more interesting. But I, And maybe it was just because it was Tucker Craft and – um, uh, you know, I, w- I was going to be interested to see how they would cover him eventually. I just, you know, that kind of stuff now uh, is just compelling because a lot of these people don't come from much or a whole lot. And, or, and just like this is a life, mm-hmm. cha- no matter if you do or don't, it's a life changing thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you're, and millions of people are watching your life change right at that moment yeah. and there's a lot of things that go through my head are they just thrilled because they know they're they're all they're that whole family everybody's a millionaire now like their whole lives are going to change monetarily probably it's more so they know this person they know how mm-hmm. hard they've worked it, it, for this dream and it's going to come just the dream's going to come true they're going to get mm-hmm. I mean, you know and it's the, the answer is different for everybody but it's just that to me even though it's kind of like the same every pick is fascinating to watch the other part is and we'll drive this back to Tucker specifically because it's interesting that he grew up a Vikings fan. His family did. He his did family so much, did. Yeah. Uh, and now it's the Packers, and now they're instantly Packers fans. I think he even told me once he hated the Vikings. He might have told me that. Interesting. Just because his parents liked him didn't uh, mean he did. It's also like, all right, any how many how many of these guys, especially the ones that are you know after you get past the tenth pick or so, how many of them are just how many of them truly care which team picks them because. Because some guys get picked by bad teams. Some guys get picked in cities they probably don't want to live. Yeah. Or if it's like, Jesus, it's a life-changing thing and I get to play pro football, do you really give a crap? He really didn't. And I and, I'm yeah. not, and I know you only know his answer. I'm just trying to like... Yeah. There's no. a dude that got picked by the Bengals shortly before him, and he looked like... It was just like... He, he just... There were just a few people around him. It was a small party. He just and he he's on his phone, same way Tucker was. He's just like it's the Bengals. Maybe this is a really low wattage, low key guy. Uh-huh. But I'm like, wow, he does not seem thrilled by this. Mm-hmm. I, either he went, low, he went much much right. further in the draft than he thought he would be, or maybe he really didn't want to play in Cincinnati, or maybe I'm reading too much into it. I think it. it's probably more... <laughs> it's just like, wow. If there is a negative Bengals. reaction, I think it's usually because they went lower than they... I mean, Tucker Craft going 78 instead of 50, 
Yeah. You know, probably cost them a million bucks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's that matters. But at the same time, again, the whole place erupted and he seemed well, relieved course. and you know I mean there was it was it was possible he would end up in the fourth round. Yeah. He had uh, his agent had written out like a study guide, basically, for the Tucker didn't pay much attention to it, but his brother was kind of meticulously taking notes with it during the draft and it basically said, Here's the teams who are most likely to take you because of their position in the draft and their needs. And then here's some other teams that are probably in play, but we don't know. And then at the bottom it said, if you somehow slip to the fourth round, then everyone is in play. Because you're such a good player that if you're still available in the fourth round, anyone would take you, no matter what their needs are. So they were trying to sort of pick or or predict who would be in the hunt. But his agent specifically said, if somehow you don't go on Friday and you slip to the fourth round, then every NFL team is in play because you would be an extremely valuable fourth-round pick. Well, it didn't happen. He ended up going to the Packers. All right, so you you wrote a story, SiouxFallsLive.com, that this is a, I think, match made in football heaven to a degree. Mm-hmm. What did you mean by that? Well, I mean, it was largely the off-field stuff and how you could see the moment Tucker was picked and Packer fans got to see some of the video, uh, just see the way Pat- Tucker was dressed. You know, he was wearing a baseball cap advertising a – a rope-making company, you know, um, people just instantly fell in love with him. Like, by hey, far the smallest, you know, most rural team, not in the NFL, but at all of pro uh, yeah. sports. And yeah, he, and he, you know, then he says to the media, like, yeah, I had a couple drinks while I was waiting, and, you know, people see photos of him shooting a gun and, and lifting weights in front of a bunch of deer heads in his garage. I mean, people love that shit anywhere. I mean, Jets fans would have thought that was cool, too. But for Packer fans to see it, you know, yeah. I mean, he's, it is a perfect fit. And then, it, it's, it makes sense from a football standpoint. Now, it's weird um, a little bit that they took a tight end in the second round and then took another one in the third round. It makes, you know, the other guy was taken earlier, so that would lead you to believe he's got the upper hand to be the starter over Tucker if it isn't one of their returning tight ends. They don't have much coming back because their starting tight end from last year is Robert Tunyon, former FCS Missouri Valley guy. He's played Indiana State. He signed with the Bears, right. so they had a need there. Um, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers is gone. If you have a rookie quarterback, and I know Jordan Love isn't a rookie, but he's going to be a, essentially a first-time starter, third-year, fourth-year guy, whatever he is, what would you do? What would you try to surround Jordan Love with if you were a, a coach, offensive coordinator? You know, some yeah, more but, weapons. Yeah. And specifically, yeah. Easy what, what's a tight end? He's a safety valve. You know, Absolutely. something that a young quarterback needs to have some good tight ends. To, hey, I don't like what I see downfield, and I'm not good enough or smart enough yet yeah. to look off safeties and do the stuff that Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers do. I'm going to dump it off to my tight end. And if you have two of them, two really good ones, it makes a lot of sense. It's so also when it's your good mind is racing a million miles an That's hour. That's what I'm saying. Big, 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 big galoot. There Seems he is. Seems like Boom. schematically a good fit. Yeah. Uh, maybe not so much schematically, but just personnel cons- Yeah, New young quarterback, good to have. Yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah, no doubt. I mean, my answer to your question would have been big-bodied receivers slash tight ends and obviously protection uh, linemen around him, you know, to keep him protected. And I, I, I don't – I'm not inside baseball enough with the Packers to know how good of a how good a protection he yeah, has. But it's a but for the for the tight end himself, that doesn't really matter. If there's bad protection, safety valve. If there's mm-hmm. good protection, great. He could he could maybe even get downfield more easily. Oh, Susie brought us a cookie. Thank you. A little snickerdoodle. Thank you, Susie. Uh Gateway Lounge Tuesday. Even if you don't even if you don't order it, you might just get the uh, dessert from the uh, seven ninety nine lunch special. I don't know if it was country fried steak or what it was today, but anyway. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, it, 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 it does seem like a good fit. And again, I'm sure he would have just been thrilled anywhere he would have gone. Good team, bad team. He goes to a team. Uh, we just kind of discussed it that you know they kind of that might need him more than other teams uh, in their situations would have, uh, and it will be fascinating to watch. All right, um, it, uh, again, not privy to the inside baseball of where the Packers are headed post Aaron Rodgers. Are they going to be a two tight end set team? Commonly, I mean, how much how much room, how much ball is there to go around for? two tight ends and certainly they're not the only two tight ends in the room so. they drafted a couple wide receivers too yeah so they're clearly trying to get as much help in there for jordan love as they can how's the did you get a snickerdoodle as well yeah it's outstanding yeah uh all right anything anything else uh this is this is terrific i mean it just sounds like a great experience uh you know another 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 notch on your sports writing journey because i don't know if you had you done this before to just go Hang out at a draft um, party? No, I don't think so. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, it was it was very kind of them to invite me. Um, I've said multiple times in print on this podcast, it's one of the coolest things about the sports scene in South Dakota right now is that we've gotten so good <laughs> as a state, are putting out so many great athletes that the NFL draft is now annually kind of a part of us in South Dakota. We have reason to pay attention to this. And... Uh, Hopefully that's the case again next year. Isaiah Davis, Mason McCormick, Garrett Greenfield, there's going to be some candidates again next year. I don't know if they're going to be as high up as Tucker Craft. We shall see. It's hard to predict those things. Um, but I'm looking forward to being being part of the calculus again next year. And you know what else? I'm looking forward to going to watch Tucker Craft play in the NFL. Because one of the cool things about him getting drafted by the Packers is I can always go watch him play against the Vikings in uh, Minneapolis. And uh, I told Stig today, I was actually talking to Stig this morning, and he was like, yeah, I'm probably going to have to go to a game. And because, uh, you know, John doesn't go to NFL games. At least he hasn't for the last 36 well, yeah, years. Yeah, why would you? Yeah. yeah. And uh, he said, what about you? You think you'll go to a game? And I said, you know, I've never been to Lambeau. Seems like a good excuse to go. So Absolutely. You know. It's, it's gosh, it's up there for me. I have, I've not... You, you just kind of hit a point with me. It's like, where, where are some of my quote-unquote bucket list sports things that I feel like I got to do? Lambo's definitely one of them, and I'm not a Packers fan, not even close. It just kind of feels like mm-hmm. got to do it sometime. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Not just the games in Minneapolis, but it's only another four or five hours away. It's uh, it's uh, very doable. And where does this all fit into um, the dynamics of the NFC North? We kind of talked about it last week, but – uh, what a! It's got to be one of the worst divisions in the NFL, and uh, I continue to not hear the Vikings mentioned among NFC contenders. Yeah. Despite the 13 wins, and I, I well, everyone I, saw I, it. You know, I, yeah, I again to me, just every game that happened, there were some factors that went in. I'm not a believer in football gods. I'll just put it that way. Years ago, you you used the term law of averages to talk about stuff that happens in sports, and if one thing's going your way or the other thing isn't, and law of averages evens it out. Regression to the mean. I, yeah. I'm not going to say I don't uh, buy that, but it still does feel like uh, they have a hard. They'll have the hardest schedule in the division, and and as, but you know they uh, they had a they still have a top five or ten offense in the league. And now that defense they're can't be any worse. and the defense has nowhere to go but up, and from what little I really cared to 
to dig into about their draft is Brian Flores, obviously a former head coach and a respected defensive coordinator. Yep. They kind of let defensively the picks that they made. They it almost it was made apparent that Brian Flores chose those players, which is interesting because how long is he going to be the defensive coordinator there? Right. If they do well, he's probably going to get another right. head coaching shot because he'll be removed from that whole controversy with the Dolphins, for which he was not that bad of a coach. And he, I think he won nine games in his last year. Well, yeah, he had a pretty good case when he sued them. He, right. So, I mean, he's going to be a head coach again, and so do you really want to do what Brian Flores uh, wants to do? And again, I don't know if it was all hinged upon what his opinion was, but good for them. But I don't. I, it's interesting, Zim. Uh, I a dude in the office at one of my jobs uh, asked me uh, yesterday, and this is a guy who used to listen to the show on KWSN, and mm-hmm. we talked a lot of Vikings, obviously. And so, if we were still on the air, we'd I'd be a lot more you know mm-hmm. into it and, and analyzing it. And he just said, "What did you th- What did you think of so? What did you think about the Vikings draft?" And I just wanted to tell him, I don't really care, <laughs> and I didn't really follow it, and I and I read half an article on it. Mm. I don't know, um, but you know, I kind of told him what I told you is like, I read the Star Tribune. It, it appeared the Flores factor was there. Um, the Athletic but, ranked the teams one through thirty-two. Yeah, they had the Vikings number thirty-one. Wow, yeah. I, I did it, it, I, again. I've, and I'm, obviously, I'm on Twitter as well and follow a lot of the Twin Cities guys. It just kind of felt like there was a lot of meh to what the hell yeah. are they doing didn't have a lot of picks that's part of it yeah they never do yeah. spielman leaves and they still just love to well it was partly well, they didn't have picks because of spielman's past well yeah spielman used to hey i got five seventh rounders <laughs> by trading a sixth rounder great <laughs> yeah. the practice squad's gonna be loaded which yeah. by the way just when we were starting this podcast they love him on tv now he's on everybody's show these days i thought spielman did a pretty good job overall i yeah. don't pick on him too much but it was time to make a change. That was a thing. It was just kind of Trader Rick. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't have any – I mean, did you have any glaring observations about what the Vikings did in the draft and how I it saw they took a quarterback things? in the fifth round. be interesting to see if he amounts to anything. Yeah. I mean, they finally round. have a decent backup now, so yeah. there's not as much of a need there. But, obviously, the Kirk Cousins thing is going to – unless you think Kirk Cousins is going to be one of those guys who plays well into his 40s, and it's possible. I mean, he's 35, and he's still been pretty good. You got to start, you know, looking for what you're going to do after Kirk Cousins. Yeah. So. Uh, Han, Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune wrote an interesting article that partly said, it, well, where's this headed with Kirk Cousins? Because it feels like they're, they're not, they're obviously not ready to throw another big contract at him. But they also did not take uh, Will Levis or anybody in the first four. I was rounds. surprised they didn't take Levis. I really thought they were going to do it. And so he says, so what's, like what's going on here it feels like his time's running out but he's still the best option they got and uh his his last line of the column it was a good it was a good walk-off was uh they're they're not willing to put a ring on his finger unless he puts one on theirs (laughs) like unless he takes them or wins the super bowl then you know it's it's even his days are numbered even then if the vikings win the super bowl this coming season which seems extremely unlikely. Yeah. But if they do, why would you then lock him up to it? If anything, I'd be like, okay, thanks for doing the thing we paid you to do. Bye. I don't know. You know? Yeah, I guess you'd think that if they won the Super Bowl, he would have had a stellar season, even still, better than the stuff. I, uh, I don't think I'd use that as an excuse. Okay, now we're going to lock you up. Like, uh, 
You, you figure to leave on a high note that it can't get any better? It's only going to go I mean, down? For them to win the Super Bowl this year would be so unlikely. I it's hard to imagine what the circumstances would be and what the roster would look like and the cap situation and draft picks and all that stuff. But I would. I don't think I'd be like, oh, you want us a Super Bowl now at 36, we're giving you a four-year contract? Like, if he wants to extend extend him for two years at $40 million a year or something, sure, okay, but, you know. We're get, I, I, I don't think the Vikings are ever going to give him another long-term contract. Right. I don't think they should. Yeah, but then, but then what do they got? I mean, they didn't. Well, the Packers just gave Jordan Love a one-year $22 million extension. And I know, not, you know Lamar Jackson's making $50 million a year now, so 22 maybe isn't as much as it sounds like. Yeah. But still, Jordan Love is completely unproven. You know, give him $22 million. For a year. I mean, you and I both said, when the Vikings first signed Kirk Cousins, and so many people were against it, including Craig, your partner, and some other people, one of the things you and I both said from the beginning, and we've been absolutely proven right about it, is as ridiculous as this contract might seem right now, by the end of this contract, he will know, like, he was, wasn't he the highest paid player in the NFL at the time? Or one of them? Yeah, for like three seconds. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, within a couple of years, $33 million or whatever he was making might have even been like 28 at the time. Like, that's not going to seem like anything. And it doesn't. Jordan Love just got $22 million. He's literally never done anything. <laughs> you know, paying Kirk Cousins thirty-two million when Jordan Love's getting twenty-two million feels like a fucking bargain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Market value. Okay. Um, any other observations on any other local and regional players who uh, got drafted? A bunch of guys. Nobody else got drafted. A bunch or, of guys got into camps. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Alex Jensen from USD. Uh, I think he was the only other one. Or no. Uh, Seth Benson, Washington kid at Iowa, uh, got signed by the Broncos. Spencer Wagey from North Dakota State, who's from Watertown, signed with the 49ers. And then I think the rest of them were all tryout invites, not signings. Like, those three guys signed with a team. I think Jensen signed with the Dolphins. So you had Jensen, Wagey, and Benson, they signed with teams. They, they have signed free agent contracts. Caleb Sanders, Eli Weber from Augustana, and uh, the kicker and long snapper from USD all got tryout offers. I mean, you can laugh at that, turn up your nose at it, and say, big deal, whatever. C.J. Ham says hi. He's a millionaire. That's how he got his foot in the door. Yeah, there you go. Um, twins, been watching much? A little. They're hanging in there. You know, Joey Gallo's hitting the shit out of it. It'd be nice if Correa would warm up. But even as badly as Correa's hitting, man, he's worth the price of admission to watch him at shortstop. I just – I'm he's hitting 202 or something, and I'm still in love with him, so – I feel good about him. You're the rare, you're the rare super fan who cares about the fielding. I I applaud you. He's really fucking because good. a lot of people don't get and the that. Twins have never. One of my biggest criticisms of the Twins forever is they have never properly valued shortstop. Mm. It's arguably the most po- important position on the field, and the Twins have consistently said, "Let's just put a utility infielder there." Juan Castro, Nick Punto. You know, it's like that's not you know that's why you don't win. That's the most important position on the field, and you're treating it like an NFL team treats right guard. You know, <laughs> like it's throng. The good news is they're in a lousy division, awful division, just terrible. Yes, nobody. I mean, it's them and the and the Guardians. Yeah, yeah. And that's it's, it's, Gar- it's the Guardians have good. really good pitching. Um, I, I don't think I think they're overrated. I don't think they're as good as people think they are. But if the Twins can't start hitting. It's going to be a tight race all the way to the end. Did you? Uh, did you? Was there a part of you that was uh, f- 
fulfilled, had warm and fuzzy feelings with winning the season series against the Yankees no, for the and first I was in, time in 20-plus years. by how the team played that up. It's funny, they win the first two games of the series, <laughs> and their social media treats it like they just won the World Series. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, gee, I wonder what's going to happen in Game 3 of the series. I wonder if they're going to get their dicks kicked in. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> And they deserved it. It was one of the rare times that I was watching the Twins and Yankees, and I was rooting for the Yankees. I was like, you deserve this. You just, oh, we clinched the season series four games to three, by the way. Yeah. It's not exactly like you dominated. In that. May. Yes. It's all over in May. Yes. Call me and in September. All yeah. there's their media, like not even just the team's social media, even some of the independent media covering them. It's like, oh, Twins clinch the season. Who gives a shit? <laughs> what difference does it make? So that third game of the series started up, and I was like, man, this is going to be ugly, and I'm going to enjoy it. I and I did. I enjoyed watching the Yankees kick their ass that I, day. I think That's it, what you get. I think if you've been with the team or even been like a broadcaster, radio or TV for the team, and you've you've seen all the Yankee carnage, you're happy, and you can't help mentioning it. Oh, I definitely they, but enjoyed. They, but they did the play game, it up. The first game in New York a month yeah. ago, Twins scored nine runs in the first inning. That was fun. Yeah, by all means, I enjoyed it. I'm not saying I'm not happy the Twins won the season series, but then to see them react like that, it's like, could you read the room? Yeah. You've lost 18 playoff games in a row, most of them to this team. Like, to celebrate wins in May, like it's some sort of, you know, hang a banner over. Like, May. That, that's what I was like. Are you going to hang a banner at Target Field? <laughs> One season series for the Yankees <laughs> in 2023, four games to three. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Get a, get a grip. And baseball's... What's terrific about baseball compared to all the other sports is there's a game almost every day for several months, mm-hmm. which means you, which is great for people in the talk radio or or columns writing columns industry. Always content. There's all, exactly yep. at the same time. It's easy to get lost in the you know in the middle of forest or you're not you're seeing the trees and not the forest. And I look back on the Royals series over the weekend in which I was listening to some games in and out. I can't watch any of them because I have Hulu, so I don't uh, have the uh, valleys. I don't get. But uh, and yeah, they're they're basically murdering the Royals except for the they won three out of four and it felt like a failure. Exactly. That yeah. was yeah, yeah. thank you. And that one game they lost. It was close. They had lost. a late yeah. lead. A bad loss. They were like zero for ten and runners loss. in scoring position. Yeah. And it kind of so it kind of dampened the yep. whole weekend did. because you didn't yeah. four sweep the Royals yeah. in four games. Jen was like, "Oh, they won three out of four. I was like, "The Royals are really bad. They should have swept that. That was not good." <laughs> <laughs> and they lost two out of three at home to Washington, and Washington's terrible. So it wasn't an awesome homestand. But yeah. they're in first place. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. That was fun. And uh, Canaries open next week. Lots you guys going to do like a media day sort of thing? Uh, well, uh, yeah, let's talk about that while we're, we're yeah, still recording. Minutes. That's fun. Well, that, well, I mean, I, I'd like to have a good, strong discussion about it next week. But uh, since, like, you literally asked me while we're recording the podcast, uh, no, no media day where all the media comes and eats all the food and it's too cheap to buy as a meal. That's not the case at all. <laughs> uh, I, as someone who used to be the media invited guest of the day, it just that that that's just kind of things have just kind of tapered off, and we let everybody go on their own time. You want to come to this practice, yeah. that practice, well, interview not the players. A lot of media anymore, so yeah. That's, well, that's part of it. Yeah, yes, yeah. unfortunately, that is yeah, part of it. Yeah. It is you. It is two TV stations. That's pretty much it. Yeah. That's all. That's all that's yeah. in the media now. Yeah. That's it. So uh, we'll let you guys go on your own time. Is that okay? Yeah. Uh, okay. When does the team like report, do you know? Uh, it's pretty soon. Because uh, they well, have a couple preseason at, games. Uh, the, the, the guy, I'm, I'm pretty sure guys are coming in like yesterday, today, tomorrow. Right. Uh, because on Thursday, uh, and this, 
this will be fun for next week. But on Thursday, it's the play. Media Day is a different connotation in Canaries Land. Media Day is now day. Uh, photos plus getting these players in front of green screens and our video guy promotions and, and stuff. So anything you're going to see on the and we're going to that's partly what we're going to do a lot more of this year. In game entertainment is to. Uh, highlight the players and their personalities and try to make it fun so it's not boring and it's not corny uh-huh. it's it's a challenge but the day we're recording everything and bringing out the sparkling mm-hmm. personalities mm-hmm. of all these guys uh, so the, so the fans can get to know them better during the game well I want to come out on, a day on Thursday when they're like practicing doing stuff so yeah well that's yeah I was uh, th- that was part of my uh, literally after I, we were done recording here gonna go to the office and uh, and, and send out some uh, emails to, well, yeah, I didn't have to email you, but yeah, basically, the two TV guys, when would you, yeah, wh- wh- which practice of the next few days would you like to come to uh, to do your preseason story? So, there you go. All right, sounds good. Yeah. Why are you laughing? That was a terrible outro. Fuck you. <laughs> you guys need a round of drinks? Yes. Yeah.